All right, welcome everybody. We are here in week number 12 of the NFL. I can't believe it's already week 12. Before you know it, we're in the playoffs. But it is week 12. It is Thanksgiving weekend. Three games already done, played in the can, so to speak. So happy Thanksgiving weekend to everyone out there. As we like to say on this podcast, happy Transgiving weekend to everyone. Uh, So we have a great show for you. This weekend, if you're not familiar with the podcast, we are Wagers Ragers, and we will give you our insight uh, into the NFL games this weekend. We pick our respective teams. I'm a Jet fan, and my co-host, John the Hedgehog Donath, is a Eagles fan, so we will analyze both Jets and Eagles games, and then we both pick a second game to look at. Um, Very quickly, just to recap last weekend. Um, my New York Jets, although I thought they were on a roll and they were ready to just, you know, roll over the Patriots for the first time in 14 games, didn't happen. Zach Wilson was terrible again, putrid, but we're moving on this week. It is going to be white sanity again. Mike White at the helm for the New York Jets this week. So I'll give you my take on that in two seconds. But the Jets did not cover the three and a half that they were getting at New England. They lost 10 to three. Um, just bad all around uh, for the Jets, except for their defense, which was spectacular, as it has been all season long. I had the Giants last week. I thought the Giants were not going to look ahead to the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. They had the Lions at home. They were giving three points. They got destroyed. And so both of my games last week were not covers, uh, Giants and Jets. Uh, Thanksgiving games, we didn't pick any of those games because we ha- we're only broadcasting today on Saturday. But John, how'd you do last week in in uh, week eleven? Pretty well. Uh, exciting couple of games that I, I talked about last week. My Philadelphia Eagles traveled to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Uh, Eagles were favored by seven points on the road. Although I liked the Eagles in the game, I said the bet was to take the 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 Colts and get the seven points at home. Eagles did pull the win out uh, at the end of the game with a late touchdown and won seventeen sixteen. But if you did take the Colts and took the seven, you won that. I also liked A.J. Brown to go over five and a half catches. Uh, one of my reasonings there was that, you know, looking for places that um, the, the, the slack from Dallas Goddard uh, not being there and being out on injury could be picked up. Uh, Brown ended the day with five catches, but he had like three catches nullified by penalty. That drove me nuts. Uh, but I did hit Jalen Hurts over 42 and a half yards rushing. He had like over 80 yards rushing. And uh, again, same theory with Dallas Goddard out. Slack's got to be picked up somewhere. So I took Jalen Hurts on that one. That one cashed as well. My second game was the Dallas Cowboys at the Vikings. The Vikings getting points at home. I think it was down to uh, at one point it was three. I think it ended up going down to two and a half, something like that uh, by game time. I said to take Dallas and give the points on the road. I just felt like Dallas is a, a better team than the Minnesota Vikings. I did not expect what happened. Dallas went into Minnesota and trounced the Vikings. Um, But uh, hit on that game, Prescott, Dak Prescott. I said, take Dak Prescott over uh, 250 passing yards. That also cashed Um, on the Thanksgiving day games. uh, I did hit a couple of bets there, even though we didn't have a chance to make our picks on the podcast. I liked uh, most of the underdogs here, at least in the first two early games. I said, take Detroit plus nine and a half. That hit, I said to take 
or not I said to take, excuse me, I took Detroit plus the nine and a half in that cash. And then I liked uh, the Giants getting 10 on the road at Dallas. That ended up being a backdoor cover. So a fun turkey day all around, but I'm ready to keep it going, uh, have a little fun and make a little money on this holiday weekend. Yeah, I followed you on Dallas this uh, last uh, in week 11 against the Vikings and cashed in on that, uh, which was nice. And then as far as the Thanksgiving games, I followed you on taking both Detroit and the Giants and the Giants hit the back door cover yesterday. So that was those were two nice wins to pick up on Thanksgiving. I stayed away from the night game, um, mainly because I probably wasn't going to stay up and watch the whole thing, which is what happened. But uh, I did give you two college football nuggets last week in week 11, Notre Dame over BC, given 20 and a half points. They blew them out, shut out, cover Notre Dame win and Florida state laying 24 at home against Louisiana Lafayette that hit again. So once again, the college football savant picks winners every single week, but here we go. We're into week 12 in the NFL. And John, why don't you start us off with the Eagles? Who they got this week? How are they going to do? Well, the Eagles, my Philadelphia Eagles this week play on Sunday night football. Side note, I generally, as I'm getting older here, I'm not a big fan of the night games, so I don't like it when the Eagles are on late. That's one of the only situations where I end up can actually stay up and watch the whole game because it's the Eagles. But the Eagles are at home this Sunday night to welcome those Green Bay Packers into Philadelphia. Eagles come in at 9-1 and one and are favored by 6.5 points giving six and a half to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers Packers coming in at four and seven. Uh, one of the big stories of the NFL this year has been just the, how the, the, the Packers have just come up short week after week. They're only one and six in their last seven. Uh, that one victory being a home win uh, against the Dallas Cowboys, where they came back late and won in overtime on a Mason Crosby uh, field goal. As I noted earlier, uh, the Eagles coming off a 17, 16, victory over the Colts uh essentially the Colts started that game hot scored a touchdown on their first game looked like they were going to run all over the Eagles but the Eagles defense tightened up uh, as they have in recent weeks you know and that's sort of the story that sort of informs you know uh how I'm looking at this game and what props I'm looking at here is that the Eagles run defense has really been exposed as probably their biggest weakness uh, just over in the last month, they gave up 168 yards on the ground to the Houston Texans. Talked a little bit about that last week, uh, a few weeks ago on Thursday night. Uh, and then two weeks ago, they gave up 152 yards on the ground to those Washington Commanders. And then again, last week, Colts got off to a fast start featuring Jonathan Taylor on that first drive. Colts score on the first drive. Jonathan Taylor gets the touchdown on the first drive. However, the Eagles defense tightened up from there. Um, and that touchdown on the Colts first drive was the Colts only touchdown of the game. So the Eagles defense did get better as the game wore on case in point, Jonathan Taylor had 48 yards rushing and the touchdown on the first drive. He only had 36 yards. The rest of the way didn't score again. Eagles pass defense stepped up too, sacked Matt Ryan four times in the second half, came up big when it counted. Uh, and the, the Eagles got the ball to start off the second half and had a disastrous start as on the first play from scrimmage, the Eagles called uh, a deep pass to Quez Watkins. Miles Sanders missed a block on Yannick Ngakwe. Ngakwe sacks Jalen Hurts. It's a bad fumble, but the defense holds the Colts to a field goal. The defense also had a goal line stand against the Colts in the second half. So that was huge 
Eagles defense coming up big time. Uh, and one big part of that was a couple of midweek signings, believe it or not. Uh, the Eagles lost uh, their first round pick uh, defensive tackle, Jordan Davis from Georgia for a few weeks. He's eligible to come back, I think as early as next week from his injury. But in the meantime, they had gotten kind of thin on the defensive line. They had lost defensive end Derek Barnett to injury for the year earlier this season. But last week, the Eagles came through and signed Linvale Joseph and Ndamukong Su. Uh, halfway through the week, there was some question as to whether or not they would both play. They both played. They both played a significant number of snaps, and they both played really well. They shared a sack of Matt Ryan in the second half. Linvale Joseph was the number one rated defensive tackle by pro football focus in the NFL last week. Just crazy that these guys can come in off the street uh, and play so well, but they're both, you know, veterans guys that have been around for a long time. So they know the deal, but point being, they were both huge for the Eagles defense last week. So the performance of the Eagles defense is what I'm saying was better than the, the numbers bore out. Um, nevertheless, uh, even with the additions of Sue and Joseph, I still expect Green Bay to sort of follow the, the blueprint, if you will, as to what teams have done against the Eagles recently. And that includes running the ball, shortening the game, taking away that time of possession advantage that the Eagles had capitalized on over the first couple of months uh, in, in the season. Now, the Packers, their last time out was a week ago Thursday against the Tennessee Titans. That was a loss against a very stout Titans rush defense. Packers only rushed 18 times, but I think that was probably largely in part due to the fact that the Titans have such a great run defense because before that, the Packers had uh, 39, 25, and 31 rushing attempts respectively in their three prior games to that, including that win against Dallas that I mentioned earlier. They're averaging 25.6 rushing attempts per game on the year. In the Eagles' last three games, their opponents averaged 35.7 rushes a game. So I think that's what the Packers should do. I think that's what they will do. I think they'll run the ball. I think they'll at least hit that average of 25 carries a game. Uh, let's talk about injuries for a second here. Um, some big impacts here, I'd say. So a uh, wide receiver, Romeo Dobbs for the Packers, rookie, the he hasn't really done much this year anyway. He's going to be out again. Linebacker Devondre Campbell is listed as doubtful. It doesn't look like he's going to play. That hurts them. Uh, but the biggest loss, I think, was one that they suffered a few weeks ago. That was pass rusher Rashawn Gary, who tore his uh, ACL just earlier this month uh, and is probably most likely you know, out for the year at this point. Uh, when he went out, with injury, he had 12 quarterback hits and six sacks on the year. He was huge for them. I think that's had a big impact on the Packers passing offense. Overall, they're still ranked as the number four overall passing defense. Uh, excuse me, when it comes to passing yards given up, giving up only 192 passing yards per game. However, since Gary went out, the, the numbers are much worse. They're giving up like 240 passing yards per game. So I think that's going to have an effect. Um, but overall, I think the Eagles, yes, the run defense was exposed a little bit over the last month, but I think the additions of Sue and Joseph have uh, shored up some of those losses. I think Jonathan, the much maligned defensive coordinator for the Eagles, Jonathan Gannon, has shown that he makes the adjustments as the games wear on, and the Eagles defense almost always plays much better in the second half than the first half. At least that's what's happened 
over the last month. I think I think that follows suit here. I think the Eagles being back at home, relatively healthy. You know, they've got a, a few guys out long term like Dallas Goddard and Jordan Davis. But everybody that was on the 53 at the beginning of the week uh, is on the 53 for this game. No injury designations at all. I like the Eagles to win this game. I like the fact that the point spread is less than a touchdown. So my pick here is take the Eagles, give the six and a half. I think this is just not the Packers year. Um, uh, Aaron Rodgers has not quite looked like his old self, especially when you consider the fact that the talent level around him is down. Uh, I do like what I've seen from Christian Watson over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think there's, you know, a little bit of spark there. He's come through with some results, but I don't think it's enough to carry the day. I think the Eagles win the game. I think they cover the six and a half. That's my pick. Uh, now for some props on the game. Uh, like I said, I do expect the Packers to run the ball early and often to keep the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands. Uh, and if you can get a team rushing attempt prop, I saw it online for 22 and a half total rushes. Hit that, take that all day for Green Bay. I also like Aaron Jones over 12 and a half rushing attempts in this game. He's averaging 13 carries a game on the year and 16.25 carries a game in his last four, uh, especially. Uh, in the context of uh, the Packers attacking the Eagles rushing defense. I like Aaron Jones carries there. I also like AJ Dillon, but this time I'm going to go rushing yards. I don't know how many carries Dillon is going to get, but I like his rushing prop on FanDuel. You can get 28 and a half rushing yards as his prop at minus 114. Uh, surprisingly, Dylan, I've considered him to be like a forgotten man. You know, a, a, a lot of people coming into the year expected it to be a 50-50 split in the Packers backfield between Dylan and Jones. It hasn't been that, but Dylan is still averaging 42.45 rushing yards a game on the year, 41 and a half rushing yards a game in his last four, considering that I expect the Packers to beat their rushing average uh, in this game. I like Dylan to go over there as well. I mentioned earlier that the Packers passing defense has been uh, has took a big hit after losing Rashawn Gary. So I was looking for a passing or a receiving prop on the Eagles side of the ball. Uh, I didn't really like the Jalen Hurts passing yards or his combo yards. The combo yards was something like between like 270, 280, something like that. And he's only hit that like once in his last eight games or something. So I don't love that. Instead, I'm going for a receiving prop, and I'm going Devontae Smith. And you can get his receiving yardage prop as at 58 and a half yards at minus 114 uh, on FanDuel. He went six catches for 78 yards last week against Dallas, or excuse me, last week against the Colts with Dallas Goddard out. Of course, Dallas Goddard is out again this week, so I think Devontae Smith can continue to see an uptick in targets. And note, A.J. Brown expected to play, but he's had a limited practice this week because he was down and out with a stomach illness. Um, so uh, with A.J. Brown potentially, you know, not coming in with full practice this week, maybe Jalen Hurts looks even more Devont to Devontae Smith's way. So I like him to hit uh, 58 and a half receiving yards. So that's the way I see the game. I think the Packers come in Sunday night in Philly, lose the game. I like the Eagles to cover the six and a half. But I do expect the Packers to run the ball a lot. So with that in mind, I like Aaron Jones over 12 and a half carries. I like A.J. Dillon over 28 and a half rushing yards. Flipping over to the other side of the ball, I like Devontae Smith to go over 58 and a half 
receiving yards. What do you think, man? Um, I like the analysis, but I just think that the Eagles are going to play a close game in this game. Um, the Packers went into Dallas either. They went into Dallas. They were home against Dallas a couple weeks ago and, um, and crushed the Cowboys, who look like they're world beaters now. So I know the Packers have had a down year. Um, I like the Eagles to win, but I think the Packers are going to cover the points, and this is going to be like a field goal, maybe a three- or four-point game. So I like the Packers to cover. As far as props, I like where your head is at with Aaron Jones. Um, the ones that I had written down before um, you had talked about his rushing attempts is I like his over-rushing yards, 56-and-a-half, minus 115 on DraftKings right now. And I like the Aaron Jones combo, rushing and receiving, over 84-and-a-half, same same juice minus one fifteen on DraftKings. I probably will follow you on the Aaron Jones carries over twelve and a half. I like that one. And if you remember from last week's podcast, I said without da- Dallas Goddard, you picked AJ Brown. I picked Devonte Smith, and I hit on Devonte Smith receiving yards. So I think he's going to be an, a good outlet this week for Jalen Hurts uh, against the Packers. But I do see uh, the. Uh, Packers covering that six and a half point spread. So that's what I like on the Eagles Packers game. And unless you have any last words, John, I'm going to move on to the big jet game this week. Let's go. I I need to hear about the jets, man. Let's fire it up. All right. So here we go. Um, You know, extra, extra read all about it. We got the, as I alluded to before, we have white sanity starting this week. White White sanity. Uh, Robert Sala has decided after some multiple pitiful, 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 I can say that word. Pitiful performances by Zach Wilson, especially last week, throwing for 77 yards against the Patriots, missing wide open receivers. I mean, there was a groundswell amongst the fans that there has to be a change. The season is not over for the Jets. But Mike White, he's going to step in and hopefully he's the Mike White that played against the Bengals last year, threw for over 400 yards. And let's go with Mike White. Hopefully he's the answer this season, because as I said before, it's not over. The Jets right now are six and four. And because of New England's loss, Thanksgiving night to Minnesota, actually, if the, if the league stopped today, the Jets would be in the playoffs at six and four. So Jets got to ramp it up on defense like they always have week after week. And hopefully Mike White is the answer at quarterback and the Jets can pull this game out. The line right now is the Jets giving six points to Chicago. Uh, Chicago's lost four straight games, but they're in most of these games. I don't like the Jets laying six. Um that's a lot of points because the Jets are jet. Most of the Jet games are pretty close. Last week they lost ten to three. Probably should have won the game. Lost to New England a couple weeks ago. Should, probably should have won that game too. Close game against Buffalo. I could go on and on. Uh, the one X factor in this game, other than Mike White, is the fact that Justin Fields may not play. Um, just like Zach Wilson, Justin Fields was selected in the same draft, albeit eleventh versus two for Zach Wilson. He's got a separated left shoulder with ligament damage to his AC joint. Now, this is his non-throwing shoulder. So he says it hurts sometimes when he makes certain moves with his his left arm. So he's probably going to play. But if he doesn't play, the uh, one and only Trevor Simeon, who seems to have played for almost every single team in the NFL, including the New York Jets, would be the backup for Chicago if Fields is unable to go. The Jet defense has just been outstanding this year. Uh, They had six sacks last week against Mac Jones. They have 32 sacks this season, which is one less than they had the entire season last year. They have 17 in the last three games, and they lead the league with 58 quarterback hits um, this season. Jets defense, where do they rank? 
They are fifth place in total points allowed, fifth place in passing yards allowed, seventh in rushing yards allowed, and sixth in points allowed. So right there, top 10 across the board, balanced uh, defense. Uh, so where do I see this game? I think it's going to be a really tight game. I don't like laying six points with the Jets. Again, I think this is going to be a field goal game. So I'm going to go take the the Bears and the points, although I like the Jets to win this game. Um, one last note on this game is that uh, over the last – or the season, actually, every couple of weeks, every home game, the Jets induct a new member into their ring of honor. And this week is the immortal Revis Island. Darrell Revis is getting inducted into the Jets ring of honor at halftime today. So pretty cool over at MetLife Stadium. So I like the Jets – um, to win the game, but I like the Bears to cover the six points. And because of the Mike White-Justin Field situation, there aren't many props up on DraftKings, maybe more on FanDuel, but on DraftKings, the only one that I really liked is the guy that shot his mouth off after last week, justifiably, and that's Garrett Wilson, the rookie out of Ohio State. I like him. I like his receiving total right now is 53.5 on DraftKings, lane 115. I like his over. I think Garrett Wilson's going to put his money where his mouth is, after going off about the offense last week, he's going to have a big game against Chicago. So give me the Bears plus six, but the Jets to win. And give me Garrett Wilson over 53 and a half receiving yards uh, in this game. Uh, John, any thoughts on Jets-Bears? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. As soon as the news hit that Wilson uh, was going to be benched and Mike White was coming in, I immediately texted you and said, it's time for White sanity again. Uh, you know, a lot of us will remember – uh, Mike White's uh, uh, fun little run for the Jets last year. Let's see if, if he's got the same thing uh, this week. I, I love it. Uh, Garrett Wilson uh, going along the same idea that Mike White might have a big game. So give me the Garrett Wilson over. All right. So second game, John, who do you have this week? In my second game this week, I'm taking the New Orleans Saints traveling to San Francisco to play the Niners. The Saints coming in at four and seven and are getting nine points on the road at San Francisco. Last week, the Saints did pull out another win, uh, beating the Rams, the the, the Rams who uh, appear to be on a, a, a descending path as the year goes goes on. The Niners, on the other hand, crushed the Arizona Cardinals 38-10 to in Mexico City for their third straight win. Uh, Niners averaging 28.5 points a game this year with the Saints 24.5 points per game. I've uh, been paying attention to the Saints for most of the year because the Eagles own <laughs> The Saints' number one overall pick, so I'm cheering for every loss. Uh, looked like they had a chance to lose that game last week against the Rams uh, and might have been headed that way, but uh, Matthew Stafford uh, went out with injury again in the third quarter. Looks like he's going to be out again this week as well. Uh, Andy Dalton still at the helm for the Saints. Uh, and the Niners, a tale of almost two years so far for them this year. At one point, uh, it, it you know the, the defense was was not having a great year but a lot of that appears to have been injuries and some of those injury problems have cleared up for the Niners not all of them but for example they've got Nick Bosa back right now and he's causing all kinds of havoc for uh, opposing quarterbacks and of course also another big story with the Niners this year is they the trade for Christian McCaffrey who has been huge for them they've also gotten Elijah Mitchell back from injury so they have a potent potent offense it's just everywhere you look at this team now it seems like they've got another weapon whether it's Debo Samuel 
Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle back from injury. The backfield is stacked with Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey. And then over on defense, uh, the Niners getting back Nick Bosa has been huge. Like I said, they don't have everybody back. Eric Armstead uh, looks like he might be out for the year. He's still out. Dre Greenlaw, linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers. Listen as, listed as questionable right now. It's up in the air as to whether or not he's going to play. But, of course, the Saints also – uh, no strangers to injury problems. You know, they've been without Michael Thomas the whole year. Uh, also, it looks like Marshawn Lattimore and linebacker Pete Werner both out again uh, this week. Werner's out indefinitely, I believe. Um, the Niners are the better team here. They're better on both sides of the ball. I just feel like nine points is a lot to give up, even at home here. Uh, the Saints, 3-3 three and three at home, haven't been as good on the road. But I think they can keep this within nine points. I like, this, I like the Niners to win the game outright, but I think the Saints keep it close. Maybe even pick up a backdoor cover here. And maybe some of this is defense mechanism because I want the Saints to lose so bad. Um, but I think that my pick here is the, the Saints. Take the Saints plus nine. That's on DraftKings. On FanDuel, they're only getting eight and a half. So get, get yourself the extra half point few props here. This is really a, where my bigger interest in this game lies here because there's some that really just kind of jumped out at me. First of all, Debo Samuel. I've got two Debo Samuel props here. First, over 13 and a half rushing yards, okay, at minus 110 on DraftKings. Uh, Debo Samuel has been – yeah, Debo Samuel over 13 and a half rushing yards. He had 37 yards on the ground last week, 27 on the ground the week before. And in the last couple of weeks, he's had a you know three or four attempts – per game uh and you know Debo Samuel with those little end arounds things like that he can hit this 13 and a half no problem so I love this 13 and a half for Debo also I like the over on Debo for over four and a half catches he's hit that in six of his last nine games he averages almost eight targets a game so I the 4.5 is just a, 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 a great prop to me for Debo Samuel so I like him to hit over 13 and a half rushing yards and over four and a half catches one more prop on this game, other side of the ball. I like Alvin Kamara to go over 30 and a half receiving yards. When you watch these Saints games, I don't know why they don't use Alvin Kamara even more. It's like he's the one player that they have uh, that when they get him the ball, he can make things happen. It looks like he's he's still playing on a different level to me. And I think he can easily hit over 30 and a half receiving yards. He's averaging almost 43 yards uh, receiving per game on the year. He's hit the over on 30 and a half receiving yards in four of his last five games. Um, and with the, the idea that Nick Bosa could be getting after Andy Dalton a little bit in this game, maybe Alvin Kamara can pick up some outlet passes uh, and pick up this 30 and a half receiving yards. So this was a little bit of a tough game to call for me because I do think the Niners are the better team on both sides of the ball. I do think they've got some momentum here. I just see the Saints keeping it close enough here that the nine points is a cover. And then for props, I like Debo over 13 and a half rushing yards, over four and a half catches, and then give me Alvin Kamara over 30 and a half receiving yards. I'm interested to hear your take on this because at least on the, I'm, I feel really good about the props. My call on the game was definitely a close one, though. So I like to, I'd like to hear where you fall. Yeah, so this is a definitely a, a, a close game for me as far as the line is concerned. Um, I love San Francisco right now. I love the way they played last week um, in Mexico City. Nine points is a lot of points to lay. I mean, usually my rule of thumb is I don't lay double-digit uh, points. And New Orleans defense isn't bad. But San Francisco just seems to be lo like locked and loaded, like ready to just make a run 
uh, toward the playoffs right now. Jimmy G is playing good enough for San Francisco. Um, but I think I'm going to go the other way on this and lay the nine points with San Francisco at home. Um, New Orleans, is, as you said, is not a great road team. So I think I'm going to go with this game and take and, and lay the nine points with San Francisco. Still up in the air, actually, whether I'm actually going to bet this game, because I, I think it could go either way as far as the point spread is concerned. I can't see San Francisco losing at home to the Saints, but the nine points is where I'm kind of a little bit iffy on it. We'll see how things play out tomorrow. I think that's one of the later games, San Francisco, New Orleans, right? I think pretty sure. four o'clock game, yeah. Yeah, four o'clock game. So I'll see how the day sort of the day sort of shakes itself out. But as far as the props are concerned, the the first prop I wrote down, which I couldn't believe it was this low, is Debo Samuel, um, 13 and a half rushing yards. I mean, to me that's a no brainer. I'm gonna jump on that right now. Got it at minus one ten on DraftKings. So I'm I'm in lockstep with you on Debo rushing yards. Um the over four and a half receptions for Debo, a little iffy on that. Um, and Alvin Kamara is probably not a bad prop as far as the receiving yards. The other one I was looking at, who had a great game last week in Mexico City, is George Kittle. Seems to be a favorite receiver for Jimmy G. Over 46 and a half receiving yards right now is where his prop is at. And I think I'm going to take Kittle on the uh, receiving yard total, minus 115 right now on DraftKings. So that's where I see this game. I, I I can see New Orleans covering the nine. I can see San Francisco blowing them out by 14 or, or 20 points as well. So if I had to lean one way, I'm taking San Francisco laying the nine, and I, I love Debo Samuel rushing prop. Uh, any last words on this one? Yeah, I, I hear where you're coming from, and it was a close call for me uh, as far as the, the point spread of nine points goes. In the end, it was close enough for me that I was like, you know what, I think the, the over – making it over a score pushes me over to the saints just by, just by a hair. So that's why I'm going saints plus the nine here. But yeah, I mean, I love the, I love all three of my props and yeah, that, that Debo over 13 and a half jumped off the page to me. Yeah, definitely. All right. So my second game is um, Tampa Bay at the Cleveland Browns, Brady, Brady, Brady. Seems like since Brady got divorced, he's just been playing like the old Tom Brady. I don't know. Maybe that was just hanging over his head. Uh, and he just needed to, you know, get that part of his life straightened out. But I don't know. We'll see. You know, is Cleveland going to rally around Jacoby Brissett? And why do I say that? Because this is probably his final start right now um, for Cleveland because Deshaun Watson will be returning in week 13 coming off his long suspension. And so does Cleveland rally around Jacoby Brissett? I don't know. The line right now is Tampa Bay laying three and a half points on the road against the Browns. It is a chance for Tampa Bay to take like full control of over the pitiful NFC South. So, you know, everything's ahead of them right now for Brady and the Buccaneers. The running game for Tampa Bay has reemerged last week in, they played in Germany, I believe against Seattle. They had 160 yards rushing on the ground. Um, but uh, uh, Leonard Fournette is dealing with a hit pointer. And so in his, in his stead was Rashad White, the third-round rookie uh, for Tampa Bay. He rushed for 105 yards last week against the Seattle Seahawks. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pulled off the win. And they're also coming off a bye, for which Brady is 15-5 and five following in a bye week. So I think Cleveland is the perfect recipe for Tampa Bay to have a big game, especially Tom Brady. Um, so it's going to be the, the matchup that I – think is going to be the most important in this game. It's going to really tell who's going to come out on top 
whether it's win the game or a point spread, it's going to be the Tampa Bay uh, defense, run defense specifically against the Cleveland running backs. So Cleveland, Nick Chubb and his crew are averaging 150.9 yards per game on the ground. But Tampa Bay's rush defense is right there uh, amongst the best. They're ranked 12th, but overall, uh, the Buccaneers are one of the best defenses in the league. Right now, again, total points, they're fourth. Uh, passing yards, they're third. Can't see Jacoby Brissett doing anything in the air against Tampa Bay, even though he's got Amari Cooper. Rushing, they're 12th. And total points allowed, they are third in the NFL. So, again, I think this is the Bucs. Defense against the Cleveland running backs, but I like Tampa Bay to cover the three and a half points and beat Cleveland handily in Cleveland. I don't care that this is Jacoby Brissett's last start. Who cares? Cleveland's terrible this year. Uh, and Tampa Bay is, I think, hitting their stride now that Brady's got his personal life straightened out. A couple props in this game. As I said it in the beginning of this, as I beginning of my analysis, Brady, Brady, Brady. I love Brady over passing yards. Over 265 and a half, minus 115 on DraftKings. His probably favorite receiver, Mike Evans, right now. His receiving total is 59 and a half. I'll take Mike Evans over receiving, minus 115 on DraftKings. And I'm going to go a little unorthodox here. I'm going to take a first half line for Tampa Bay, giving two and a half points. First half line, minus 115 on DraftKings. I'm sorry, minus 110. DraftKings, so give me Tampa Bay laying three and a half. Give me Tampa Bay laying two and a half at halftime. And give me Brady and Evans overpassing, over receiving on the Tampa Bay game, going straight down the line, all Buccaneers, no Cleveland props, no nothing. I think Cleveland is a, a team just waiting for the season to end. And Deshaun Watson is not going to ride in on the white horse, although that's probably a, a bad analogy to give for this guy. Um to bring Cleveland to the playoffs because they think they're three and eight and they're going nowhere. So that's my analysis on the Tampa Bay uh, Browns game. John, any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I definitely do. I'm, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I, I think that the, uh, the, the demise of Tom Brady has been greatly over-exaggerated uh, and I'm with you as far as him having a big passing game. Uh, absolutely. I, I was looking at his passing props as well. I see that on DraftKings passing yards for Tom Brady, is at 265 and a half uh, passing yards. But if you flip over to FanDuel, you can get it at 261 and a half yards at minus 114. I like that one a lot for Tom Brady. He's hit that in four of his last five games and six of his last eight. Uh, so I, I think Tom, Tom Brady does come through here. I think it's bolstered a little bit. Uh, with, you know, Godwin another year, another, excuse me, another two weeks, hopefully healthier away from that injury. Uh, so I'm, I'm totally all over that. I would like to, like, I'm looking for a, a Cleveland prop to go with here. I, I was looking at Nick Chubb just because I'm such a big uh, Nick Chubb fan, but at 71 and a half yards, it's a little rich for my blood. Uh, Kareem Hunt, on the other hand, the second uh, back for Cleveland is at, I think, 23 and a half. I'd be probably be more likely to take that, but both of those numbers are right on the line there. I think I'm going to stay away. And the one prop I'll zero in on is Tom Brady over 261 and a half passing yards on FanDuel. And also I, I'm a, I agree with you on the game. I was looking at this game too, as a possible game I would pick. Uh, I do love the bucks uh, giving only three and a half on the road here. All right. Good stuff. Before we move into the last and final phase of our podcast, which is our tracks of the week, 
I am going to give you two college football nuggets, as I always do every week, sometimes more than two. This week, if you are a college football fan, it's probably the best week in college football. It's rivalry week. So we have the game, as they call it, Michigan at Ohio State. We have um, we have Georgia playing in-state um, rival, so to speak. I guess although it hasn't been much of a rivalry lately. Georgia Tech. We have Alabama against Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Uh, you know, we have games up and down. We have USC at home against Notre Dame. This is the oldest rivalry in college football. Uh, that's tonight. But the two games I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you two rivalries. I'm going to give you Georgia right now at home against Georgia Tech laying 36 points. Yeah, it's a lot of points. But Georgia is the number one team in the country. Georgia Tech has been absolutely brutal. And when Georgia goes up against brutal teams, they blow them out by 50 points or more. So give me Georgia laying 36 at home against Georgia Tech. Again, it's a rivalry game. Georgia's going to be up for this game. So I can see them just blowing the doors off of Georgia Tech. Second game is the game, as they call it. Hopefully one year the Rutgers Scarlet Knights will be playing in a game they call the game. But I don't know. That's not going to happen anytime soon. It's Michigan at Ohio State. Both teams coming in undefeated. First time since 2006 in this game. Michigan is getting eight and a half points. It's been climbing. It was at eight this, earlier this morning. It's now at eight and a half. Give me Michigan getting eight and a half points on the road against Ohio State. I think this is going to be a close game. I really, this might even be the year that Michigan actually beats Ohio State. I mean, Harbaugh has just lost year after year after year to Ohio State. And I think this could be the year for Michigan to win in Columbus. That is. So give me Georgia, lane 36, Michigan getting eight and a half. Uh, those are my two college football picks. John, you want to start us off on the tracks of the week? I will. Uh, I note that I just checked DraftKings right now. You can live bet that Georgia game with Georgia only giving 26 and a half because Georgia Tech just scored. Uh, and you can you can take Michigan getting nine and a half as well. Uh, and I'm going to as soon as we close out here, I'm going to try to see if I can get both of those. But. All right, track of the week. For me this week, I'm going with uh, another Tech House track. Uh, the title is Release Your Mind by an artist known as Cruzy, C-R-U-S-Y. It's the Oscar L. Grooves remix. Uh, very much a, a, a song that will remind you of, of being in a club late, in a, late possibly in a Saturday night. It's got a big, giant, full, bassy uh, uh, bass drum beat to it. Uh, some old school uh, vocals and some old school synths going on there. So uh, right up my alley, exactly what you'd expect. House track, it's called Release Your Mind by Cruzy, the Oscar L. Grooves remix. That's my track of the week. Good stuff. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, it's Thanksgiving weekend, or as we like to say here, as well as on Diplo's Revolution on Sirius XM, it is happy Transgiving weekend, and I am going with a 2022 trance track played uh, this morning and has been playing all weekend long. Uh, I picked it up a few weeks ago. A lot of the DJs that are on Diplo's Revolution this weekend, including Marcus Schultz, and Sonny Lax, etc., um, just killing it with sets uh, this weekend. So my track is Burning Up 
by a Welsh DJ named Will Reese, R-E-E-S. Uh, his track is burning up. It is just a crazy 138 BPM trance track with a sick drop at 443 of the track. Um, and it's just banging. So that's my track of the week, Burning Up by Will Reese. That brings us to uh, the conclusion of week 12 of Wagers Ragers. John, I think we got some good analysis. I think we got some good games this week. And uh, everybody buckle up for uh, Rivalry Week in the, in the college football uh, segment. So without further ado, John, take us away. All right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, may your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. And the weekend's not over yet. Gobble till you wobble. Take care, everybody. Adios. See you next week for week 13.